Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. So yeah, we are back to consistency. Back to consistency. Second week in a row that we're podcasting within a week's span. We are Bike Race Weekly once again, Ryan. We are back to being Bike Race Weekly. How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel like things have kind of returned to normal now that we're podcasting semi-regularly again? You know, I thought it would be, but I feel like it's still weird. Yeah. Because uh, everything has been canceled, I guess. And I think a lot of people, you know, one thing, one thing I'll, I'll kind of talk about too is what I have been craving bike content recently. Mm, yeah. Just because, like, mm-hmm. we have got, been given, like, nothing to do. Right. I've been, like, more than ever, I've just been craving bike content. I think there comes a time of the year, especially once we get into summer, where I am used to being inundated with a constant stream of bike content, whether it's a grand tour that's going on that I can literally watch and check in on every single day, whether it's, you know, some mountain bike racing going on. Or, um, you know, there's just like a lot of stuff going on. You know, there's there's week-long tours, there's men's racing, there's crits, there's women racing, there's everything, right? Um, so, yeah, I, like that's what I'm just used to this time of the year. So, the fact that that is not a thing and everything's been canceled is just a little bit weird. And I agree, I've definitely been like craving some, some bike content. Um, but, you know, like we've actually, we have gotten our racing fix, our bike racing fix somewhere else recently. And that's been watching some Supercross yeah, we've been watching I, Supercross. I like Supercross more than I thought I would. It's pretty fun to watch, right? Yeah. You yeah. know what? You know what the main thing is about Supercross? That well, two things. There's two things. Okay. The the format, which I think that just bike racing in general could adapt. Yes. I think that is the format to go at, where you have qualify. Well, you don't need qualifying per se, but having two heat races, a last yes. chance qualifier, and then a main event, mm-hmm. that would be incredible. If like cycling, or if like just like crit racing did right. it, I know Red Hook actually did that. Yeah, but yeah. if more crit races could take over that format, I think we would see a boom in probably it, At especially least interest. just. Especially just watching. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if Red Bull took over like a crit racing series and did exactly that, Mm -hmm. I feel like they could get similar views to their mountain biking. Well, just think about, okay, so, you know, while we're talking about Supercross, the races are short. So a a heat race, so there's two heat races. um, Those are like eight minutes long. They're only like eight laps. They're super short. And then they take like the top nine from those races and roughly they, half the field, roughly right? half the field. Yeah. And then they put those guys into the main event. And then there's also a last chance qualifier for everybody that did not make it out of the heat races. They got one more shot to potentially make it into the main event. So think about that. And only like roughly a quarter of those guys make it to the main event. Yeah, exactly. So think about that in terms of like how fun that would be for bike racing. That gives, you know, even at the, at the pro level, I I'd argue that this could even be a cool, um, format for amateurs it gives the pros like a couple different races so there's the heat race there's the last chance races the main event and then also too what's one of the critiques about bike racing is that it's such a heavily team focused race you know like the teams make it boring the teams um you know sometimes they'll like neutralize you know breakaways or they're just lining up for a lead out at the end and it makes it boring 
Um, but I think it would be super interesting if, okay, I've got a team of eight guys, but we all have to make it through our heat race if we want to use all eight guys in the main event, which is going to lead to some very interesting riding and racing. I think it would be an awesome format. And I think it would be a way more engaging format for mm-hmm. the crowd as well, too. I also think it's a way for uh, teams to more easily get sponsors. Yeah. Because if they have a like a set... Like, um, these are the races we're doing, right? It's all televised and stuff. And you know, it's, it's like consistency for the sponsors, I guess. Yeah, That's absolutely. Kinda what I'm getting at. And also too, um, just like talking at some of the bigger events, when you talk to some of the higher level riders, one of the big critiques is your, you know, your, your ability to get into a pro event is essentially based off of having a cat one license. And depending on where you are in the United States, that can be harder or easier to do. And sometimes the critique is you get these 150 guy fields where, you know, maybe three fourths to half the field really shouldn't be there. It's a pro race. But if you have this, uh, this sorting mechanism where everybody's got to get through a heat race before they make it to the main event, I think that'd just be a better experience for the pros that are in the main event because once, uh, once the main event's going, everybody that's made it to that race is uh, pretty competent. They've gotten actually out of the heat race format. I also think too, like, uh, you, I mean, you could do still your normal, like that all, like if you're a pro or like cat one, cat two, mm-hmm. that's the format you have to race, Yeah. but then make it like an open race too. Like if, mm-hmm. if a uh, cat three wants to try it, they can also try it, right, try right. to get through the heat races. Yeah. Maybe you're just like gridded based on your, your category. So like cat one's lineup first, cat two's lineup, yeah. cat three's lineup. I think that's a great idea. I think it'd be just really interesting. Um, and it, it would just be like a cool way to, you know, have a crit race because I feel like the, I feel like the format of crit racing is not made for television. I wouldn't say it's not made for spectating because if you go to a race in person, it's still pretty fun to watch and it's pretty Mm -hmm. interesting, but what's the most interesting part of the race? Generally, it's the last 10 laps last you know 10 minutes of the race where everybody's kind of lining up and positioning for the finish and that's when everything gets really aggressive and fun and fast and you know if you're using this kind of grand prix format uh you've got a finish in the heat race a finish in the second heat race and a finish in the last chance qualifier and then a finish in the main event so you've got essentially you know four part or you know four uh four of the most exciting parts of the race that's kind of the way that i look at it yeah, I mean, you still up. have, I mean, to make it interesting, you still have those preem laps. Yeah, right. So it's exactly. like, are you going to go for a $100 preem halfway through the, through a heat race? Yeah, right. You know? That's a huge gamble. Right? Those are those are things you ha- that change the strategy. Like, Yeah, and I don't think there's been a lot of experiments with, like, what if we have short crit races? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're a Cat 5, you've got, like, a 20-minute race. But, you know, what does a 20-minute race look like for a Cat 1? Yeah, how is, fast does that look? How fast does that look and how interesting is that? Because I know, too, like, um, when you watch some of those higher-level races, a lot of the times some of the guys, like, are doing pretty well early on and they just cannot hang for the whole hour and 30 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So does it change the type of person that's getting into that main event if it's only 20 minutes long? And now it's more based on, like, okay, how powerful are you? How's, how's your sprint? How uh, how well can you hang at the front? You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, and if you do a uh, like a fifteen minute, two fifteen minute heats, a ten minute last chance, and then a forty five minute uh, main event. I mean, that's still your hour and a half race right there. Yeah, you got an hour and a half race, except it's now broken down into you know a more interesting format. I think for the fans. 
The only thing about that is that, um, you know, you're going to have to essentially do timing and scoring on the fly where you have to take like whatever the top 10 people from the heat, the top 10 people from the second heat, and then, you know, the top 10 people from uh, the last chance qualifier. You've got to basically line those people up right away, one after one after one. Yeah, I don't think that's much of an issue. Yeah, I don't think it would be. be. Honest. Uh, I think maybe it would be difficult to determine um, like 10th and 11th Yeah, sometimes, but I mean... At that point, if you have, I mean, if you have three judges, you just take a vote. You take the vote. Yeah, you take a vote. You yeah. know, judges, judges rule. I think it's hard to, you know, I, I don't think you're ever going to necessarily convince a race in its current iteration to adopt this style. I mm-hmm. think you'd have to go out and actually do the race and like create the race essentially. Yeah. Like it would have to be a completely new mm-hmm. race, a com- completely new experience for that specific venue. Or like in a series like Toad make one of the nights you know a, a new format yeah it's not related to the overall you know make a make a certain like say you don't you know how like downer has the five thousand dollar premium make that one night like the winner gets a five like five thousand dollars that yeah. would be worth it for the all the pros to be like yeah i'm still gonna go do it yeah absolutely. even though it's not part of the series you know it's still something that's worth a lot of these guys to go to yeah for sure you i mean you know like and if it's a hit i mean bring it back bring it back right yeah it's yeah that'd be interesting you'd have to definitely position it in a way where you'd, you'd have enough people enough pros there to create like a pretty good experience and obviously prize money is the big draw there right so putting it either at like the tail end or the beginning of an already existing like race series would be kind of cool um but or i mean you know, if you have enough prize money, you can pretty much put it on the calendar and people will come to it, right? Yeah. Um, that's why, you know, a race that I'm actually kind of surprised has almost become its own thing is uh, the Janesville Race of Toad. Yeah. Uh, there was, I think, I think they were giving away between the men and the women's races like $28,000 wow. in free money. And then prize money is too, I, I believe. But no, no, actually, no. That, I think prize that money just, still is like, it's like $600 for no, a win. I think it was just pre-money, actually. Yeah, just I, pre-money. So... You know, like that's that's pretty wild. There, um, it's almost like you could have a race, a standalone race, mm-hmm. and just you know, I know there's a lot of people already that were like making the flight or the the long drive from pretty far away just to go to that race because of the pre money. Yeah, I think stuff like that proves people are interested in new formats, especially pros that do call it 50, 60 races a year. Yeah, for sure. Something that changes it up, I think they would be excited for. Yeah. I agree with that. Also, too, I mean, look at the, uh, well, I, I guess I can't really call it success of Red Hook. Cause well, I would I would call it success. I think they, I, I don't exactly know what happened. I, I guess the ju- the gist of why it didn't go on is that it was, the overhead was huge. The overhead Red Hook. was probably massive. So they had it on a, the Red Hook, they had it in the Red Hook district, and I think mm-hmm. it was just on like a... They rented out an entire, like a... Boat launch, like a yeah, like a hard, like a harbor, yard. like a storage storage yard. It was around right the water essentially. But if you do anything in New York, it's extremely, yeah. it's extremely what expensive. They, yeah, what if they did that in like Milwaukee or something? Yeah, what if they did it in you know Boise, Idaho? They also did it in like uh, Milan. 
Yeah, they did in Milan, that can't be cheap. London, Barcelona. Pretty much every single major expensive city in the <laughs> yeah. world they did it in. But that was kind of part of the vibe, right? They were yeah, going to major metropolitan areas. That's where the, the big fixie people were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what really killed Red Hook was Rockstar Games was the major sponsor of the series. So once Rockstar Games... I think Rockstar Games ended up pulling out. Oh. So they lost that sponsorship. And I believe this is what happened. You, know, you might want to yeah. go double check. But that was kind of like... You know, essentially, what killed the series for now? From what I from what I understand, it was on hold and it was planning on coming back. Yeah, I think the year that they pulled out, they only ended up having two races. They had like New York and Barcelona, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. But you know, hopefully, it comes back. I mean, it was like yeah. it was literally the cycling event that every single person talked about, and it had a format that we just described. Yeah. It was literally that format. heat races. Well, it was yeah, his heat races. You had to qualify, so people watched the heat races. They watched. I, I don't know if there's a last chance qualifier. I think there, there was were, because like in Rocket Espresso, Iman Lucas, who we've, who we've had on the podcast, he oh, yeah, yeah, crashed right. in his heat race and went to the last chance qualifier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Him, okay. And I think one other guy on Rocket Espresso started like at the back mm. and got all the way to the front. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that, but I. I think i heard about it um yeah that's that's a good point so i just remember like when red hook was going on i mean every cycling media outlet talked about about it it. even people that people that i knew that didn't know anything about bike racing Mm -hmm. they knew about red hook actually do you know the reason why they knew about red hook was in 2016 the infamous motorcycle incident yeah the lead motorcycle um uh it stalled out like right in front of Mm -hmm. the field as they were like started yeah, right as they were getting started and like rolling out, so like half the field just like clipped. One, well, nobody's on brakes, right? So half the field clipped mm-hmm. the motorcycle, and it was just like the most horrendous crash you could probably think of. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's that's how a lot of people honestly heard about Red Hook and heard about bike racing. Uh, and those races, I think, were only. I want to say it was 50 or 60 minutes, the actual like main event. Shorter, it was like 30 or 35. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize it was that short. Um, but well, yeah. on a fixed gear, it's a lot harder. Yeah, for sure. But they still, that made for super interesting racing. And I know like the like the dynamic in some of those races were was really good. I mean, it was really close. So yeah, dude, like bring it back. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's, that's my thing. I think I that's think, a proven format that works. Motocross, Red Hook. Yeah, I mean, it just makes it interesting. Anything where speed is the emphasis, and yeah, in crit racing, speed is the emphasis, and you're lap doing laps on a closed course, like yeah, totally. Like that's that's just how it should be. Even I think there would be room for like something cool would be kind of like qualifying in the I way think that BMX you know, racing actually does the same format too. BMX does do the same format, except or especially for like their what they call like their nationals or their grands i don't i think local races just do like a moto format Mm -hmm. which is you basically have two races and it's the best of your it's like the average of your two races is your finishing position but once you get to like big fields and the nationals and the grands that's when they actually have like heat races where you have to qualify for the main events and then you know the main events the the winner's crown there but even for crit racing it would be cool to like anybody that shows up early can um roll out for like a qualifying lap mm-hmm. where like you just have one person on course at a time and you have somebody just like you know doing like setting setting a, a stopwatch essentially and just like letting people that might be through. difficult well, <laughs> well you know stop right there. I, i'm i'm just saying it'd be interesting right it'd be kind of cool. i thought you were gonna say like everybody can get out on a course and do like qualifying no no not like that it would no be way. hectic well that's what that's what red hook used to do 
Really? They would do open qualifiers, and that's how you made it into Red Hook, is if you, you had to set a fast qualifying lap. So you had to, like, basically, you'd have people that would make trains, right? And they would just try to rip a really hot lap. But, you know, part of the reason why they got rid of that is, you know, somebody can lay down a really fast one-minute lap and make it, like, you know, two minutes into a race and have to drop out. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't very indicative of, like, actual performance so they and the heat races were obviously a way cooler experience mm-hmm. so yeah man they, that's that's how that's what it, that's what has to get brought into crit racing that's uh my yeah. opinion i think you know crit racing really started as like kind of back in the day of like you know long crits like super week um crits used to be like you know 60k so that's uh, 100k 60 miles. Oh, 100K. That's right. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's a couple hours, right? Those were like... It was like two and a half hour crits. Yeah. Those were kind of like crits back in the day. But I think crits have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. And, you know, part of that is because um, that's what's better. Nobody wants to race a two and a half hour crit. Nobody wants to watch a two and a half hour crit. There's still a couple crits. Uh, I think the the Air Force Classic, uh, which is somewhere on the East Coast, might be Pennsylvania. I, I don't exactly remember. But that's still like they call them like super crits or you know classic crits where that's like a hundred k crit. There's a couple of them left, mm-hmm. but it's just a different type of race. I don't think it's as crowd friendly and you know like maybe back in the day when people just didn't have as much going on, they'd go out and sit in their lawn for three hours and, and drink some Coors Light and just you know watch bikes go by for for the day. But it's not as, as appealing anymore, you know. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking, kind of speaking of BMX bikes. Next update is we got BMX bikes. Yeah, we bought some BMX bikes because we are going to do some bike racing by the end of the year. You know it. So what do we do? We found the only place that's still racing bikes. Well, technically, they're they're not racing bikes yet. but They um, have it on the calendar for July. Okay, so they have it on the calendar for July that they are going to start racing. Yeah. That, I would say, is there's an asterisk. Asterisk, Asterisk, yeah. Asterisk? Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. Don't give me that look. Asterisk. Asterisk. That was yes. yours was worse than mine. Yeah, it was. All right, so yeah, they say they're gonna race in July, fifty um, fifty. Honestly, yeah. And to be honest, the reason why we bought them is with no racing going on, we've really gotten into mountain biking, which has been a lot of fun. And dirt jumping. And dirt jumping as part of that. But Ryan and I both have two XC bikes, and so for the listeners, that's cross country bikes. They're bikes that are made. Or designed not to go in the they're air. They're designed more to go uphill than they are to be like flown through the air. So before we ruin our nice cross country bikes, we figured well, let's buy some BMX bikes. And Ryan, what did we land on, and why did we land on this decision? Like, what kind of bikes did we buy? Uh, we got the Redline Proline Pro. And give me a descri- twenty-four. Give me a description of this bike. Uh, it is a BMX bike with twenty-four inch wheels. Beyond yes. that, I couldn't tell you what it's about. Well, it's a race bike. Technically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It is technically a race bike. Uh, you might be wondering why not a uh, I don't know Trek BMX bike. Well, I guess the reason BMX is because bike. we wanna we wanted to race it. Uh, the reason we didn't get a twenty inch BMX bike is be well. You super, probably know super, more about it. It's a little bit more touchy. Super um, small cockpit. Talking yeah. to a buddy of mine who uh, was a buddy of mine in high school. He's actually a professional BMX racer now. That's pretty sweet. Talking to him, he. He said that 24 inch is definitely the category that has the most riders too. So people above the age of probably call it 20, mm-hmm. most are going to be getting 24 inch and racing yeah. 24 inch class. So technically, 24 inch, we and we're talking about wheels. 
Um, it's classified as a cruiser. It's just a bigger bike. It's more stable. It's not as, um, you know, I don't know, uh, twitchy. Play- playful, twitchy. Uh, so, and it's something that we could probably bring to some dirt jumps and have maybe a little bit more fun on yeah. as opposed to a 20 inch bike, which is smaller. It's, it's possibly it's a bike for ants. It's a bike for little people. It's crazy. Um, it's they're they're I mean, they're pretty small bikes. The cockpit is super short. It's, it's very, like you said, it's very twitchy. And since we don't really have a BMX background, thought it'd be a better idea to start on the cruiser, get a little bit more confidence. And uh, figure if we figure out if we like BMX. Yeah. So there's a track right by us, like 15 minutes away. So we're gonna ride at that track, which will be a lot of fun. Madtown uh, BMX. Madtown BMX. And then we're also gonna take it to the dirt jumps and do some some uh, some light dirt jumping. Can't send the bikes too hard because again they are race bikes. So you know I will they say aren't in, they aren't indestructible. Um, I won't be sending it too hard, but watching a lot of videos. You can send those pretty hard. Oh, you can send them hard. I've been watching yeah. like uh, there's like a few professional BMX like YouTubers, like racers. Yeah, like yeah. One, like the the there's a Dutch like, guy that's really popular. Well, like the national champion has a YouTube channel. Oh, really? Okay. And like he has a ton of videos of just sending it. Yeah. Just like tr- like triples and stuff, like huge jumps. Yeah. Well, and so for BMX too, um, from what I understand. There's normal BMX, which is okay. So this the BMX tracks are basically you start on a, a ramp downward and you it kind of like you get some speed and you go into straightaway big bowl corner uh, 180 degrees and then back through another straightaway and then a big bowl corner and in these straightaways there's like essentially rollers and jumps that you can pump or jump over, but there's also a version of BMX called Supercross essentially, which is the same concept except there's gigantic doubles and some guys like if you can jump those on a bmx bike i'm pretty sure you can jump yeah i mean you, you know they can they jump those with, that big i, can I mean them. they're pretty big if you if you watch videos i feel like i could do them i feel like you know what you should you, know the you thing should is, do them right the, the reason why i think you could is because they look more like rollers like you don't really get that big of air i i think you underestimate how steep and, and big they actually are. They're like giant doubles too. But this is for a super cross course. We're not we don't have access to a super cross course, at least not that I know of, not close to us. But shaking her I think you should I think you should send them and just just do it. And then you can let me know how it goes and then I'll send it after that. You do it, I do it. So I can't we'll, believe Rick's telling me this. Yeah. I thought you'd be the one to be like, yeah, I could do it. I don't know. Uh, jumping bikes, dude. So I, my background is when I was, for you know, for a long time, I was into racing motorcycles, dirt bikes. And jumping a dirt bike is like so much easier than jumping a, a, a light bicycle, especially like a BMX bike where you just have to like, I don't know. It's a weird feeling because the bike weighs nothing. So like a motorcycle is like. I feel like, like the difference though is that on a BMX bike, you can uh, move your weight around a lot easier. For sure. Given that, yeah. like, you can um, throw your weight back, and then you can also you also have the ability to throw your bike forward. Yep. Like you can move your bike. Then I guess that's For to sure. me that seems almost like a little bit. You have more control in that. In that, the, the way you jump a, B, a race BMX bike, I feel like you have a little bit more control over like where, what the bike does. For sure, like, but I feel like in a, a motocross bike, you have to trust the bike will get you over based on how much throttle and stuff you get it. Sure. With a BMX bike, 
Uh, I feel like there's a little bit, and this is totally ignorant. I don't know. This is just from like watching YouTube. Yeah. It, lo- it seems that you have a little bit more control if, like, if it's not perfect. Yeah. Well, you do have more control. It's like a double-edged sword, though. You have more control, but at the same time, it's more unstable. So, like, yeah. if you jump and you're like not in a great position, unless you correct it or feel comfortable correcting it, you know, it's not going to go super well. Also, too, like, uh. They're, the bikes are like zero pounds with no suspension and a motorcycle is, you know, 200 plus pounds with a ton of suspension. So I've had some massive cases in my lifetime and I know casing on a BMX bike is definitely uh, harder than a, than a bike with any suspension at all. For sure. And again, this is ignorant, but I feel like uh, a BMX track has a little bit more forgiveness than that regards oh yeah i mean the jumps on a bmx track yeah. are, are much usually more mellow than you know yeah. any mx track you know this will be like a good uh this will be a great comparison yeah. for you yeah. because you've jumped on your mountain bike now which is yeah. a 29 inch uh hard tail with a front fork and and like nice big tires so now you go from that to jumping a bmx bike and you can actually have like a basically a side-by-side comparison comparison to see like which one is harder which one's easier which to be honest i think jumping the bmx bike is gonna be a lot easier because not only is it heavier uh it's a lot smaller the bmx bike is heavier oh yeah it's gonna be heavier oh really they're 25 30 pounds oh so it's oh okay it's gonna be like the same it's, it's gonna be like the same dude. weight as my uh yeah it's, full, as, it's as my aluminum full and suspension mountain bike yeah that makes me feel terrible about that i've been jumping my mountain bike because i yeah that's why we're getting bmx that's bikes. why we got bmx bikes yeah mine's 100%. a full carbon 20 pound mountain bike yeah and mine's aluminum full suspension so it probably weighs like 30 to 32 pounds um but again you know that aluminum with is not, 100 that that aluminum millimeters of travel yeah that aluminum is not machined to uh take giant beatings from from large senders so yeah we'll have to see how this goes yeah so i feel like uh it's, it's a good move getting the bmx all bikes. those yeah all those aspects give me a bit more confidence Jump, jumping yeah for sure so we'll see how this goes ryan and i are definitely going to practice a bit on our bikes but we'll probably do a race pretty shortly since the races are are pretty chill and there's just like a local track here mm-hmm. so we'll keep you all updated on how racing a bmx bike goes and generally i'm just super excited to race another kind of bike i feel like we're all about just like racing not specifically road bikes but like every kind of bike on mm-hmm. this podcast so once we race the bmx bikes we need to find a different bike to race yeah which is a good segue into what bike you're racing next, which... Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh. this week started my half Ironman training. Honestly, the whole... Like, started... Anna, Anna also started training for a half Ironman. The whole difference between a BMX bike and, like, you literally picked about as opposite things as you can possibly pick yeah. on the spectrum of bikes. But you know what? I think it's actually really good because most of my focus is now going to be going towards half Ironman. But um, doing the BMX racing and stuff, I think will help keep my fast twitch muscles just, you know, just there. So, but do you, do you worry to play devil's advocate? Do you worry about being, since you're doing so many different kinds of bikes now, being kind of like, what's that phrase? A jack of all trade, master of none? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. You know, I think uh, the one thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, I, w- I would rather be, I'd rather be like pretty good at everything than than like really good at one thing and only do that thing. You know, the one thing that I've kind of, I feel like I've realized is that the more you do, the quicker you catch on. For sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's it's more of uh, t- 
taking your skills from one thing and applying it to another. And there's also, um, even as wild as it sounds, I'm a big believer in that, like, being there's some part of BMX that helps um, triathlon. Don't ask me how. No, there is. No, but VO2 uh, workouts are actually pretty crucial in triathlon. Sure. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's a good example, right? So, like, you know, for BMX, essentially the whole format of practice is you're just doing laps, right? And a lap is, like, uh, it depends on how long somewhere the track is, but, like, one minute to maybe, like, two or three minutes. So, you're doing, like, a really hard anaerobic or VO2 max effort. So that kind of gives you your top end work. So you'd be like pretty good for your top end. So that means you can really focus on doing, you know, your your steady, your sweet spot, your tempo work for triathlon. Actually, you know, in my triathlon plan, they actually put like sprint VO2 workouts in. Oh, so that's perfect. So you can use the BMX days instead of doing the trainer road days for that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's actually perfect. Trainer uh, road actually has, uh, it's not called BMX. I think it's for mostly like enduro mountain biking. Yeah. But it's like a gravity plan essentially, enduro yeah. or downhill. So that's and it like focuses just purely on just like quick sprints, anaerobic power, mm-hmm. you know, on off, on off that. Cause that's, you know, for BMX, that's like, that's what it is. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you like pedal really hard Five seconds straight, on, and then you pump. Yeah, exactly. And it's all about sprinting. It's all yeah. about sprint power, which means I probably need to start going to the gym a little bit more. Yeah. So, uh, so Ironman training, Ironman training. So we started this week. Um, my road bike, my previous road bike FTP was 309 um, nice. before that was 330 then i did some more specific work that's expected to drop down a little bit yeah um so now in my aero bars which i should say i got them like last yeah. friday so ryan okay little little background to, the, to your aero bars ryan got his aero bars friday and what did we do friday we went for a very terrible two-hour ride with not enough water one bottle of water it was like 35 miles long so i had zero food in me and we probably went to and it was hot it was hot and we went like probably too hard for way too hard water no food yep so we and ryan this was the first day that he had his aero bars and he just throws his bars on the bike and like let's go i pretty much just shoved my bike excited too you're like threw them on (laughs) shoved my saddle forward brought my saddle up i was totally uncomfortable the entire time (laughs) i actually got a saddle sore just from that one ride and uh yeah it didn't go well so i took that off because then we rode with tommy and jordan sunday so i took that off put it back to my original position um and then tweaked it monday to take my ftp test monday afternoon i got about a 290 ftp uh in the in the aero bars in the aero bars no way really yeah, 290 ftp and in that's the with bars. your new and improved aero bar setup right? uh, i wouldn't call it, that was probably like 80 percent of the way then throughout this week i've been tweaking the aero position a little bit more and more to where i i'm pretty comfortable in it now oh nice. I, I like it i like where i'm at that's it's, good it's not a since you know it is a road bike it's not a tri position through and through but it's pretty much the best tri position that my bike geometry allows for that's good yeah i mean just like thinking about getting like going from essentially just just road bike riding you'd think that it's not that different but just to get on the in the tri position like where you're in that aero bar like Man, it's different muscles. That's that's the difference. Is it's different muscles. You don't really use um, 
I'm going to, your quads are in the front, correct? Quads, quads are in the front, hamstrings okay. are in the back. A lot of the, it's very dominated by your hamstrings and your yeah. glutes and, and your calves. And too. Ryan refuses to spend money on a bike fit to, yep. to do his triathlon. I refuse. I refuse. I'm not going to spend $500 when I could use that money elsewhere. You know how much stuff I could get with $500? I could buy another bike. You could buy another, you could buy a BMX bike. I could buy a BMX bike. Another one. But no, because it's like, I want to get like a BMX helmet. I want to get some, mm. uh, I want to get a, like a uh, wetsuit, a skin mm-hmm. suit for a triathlon. I want to get like bottle, like a front bottle thing, a, a rear bottle cage. Um, you know, there's like stuff I could, I could get instead of buying a $500 uh, fitting and hardly change my position. That, you know, that, that's fair. I, I don't claim to be an expert. I know, I know like bike fits are extremely common for triathlon people, triathletes, I guess you could say. Um, but like, I don't know how much of that is hype or how much of it is absolutely necessary. It probably comes down to your individual level and uh, how finicky you feel on the bike. Me, I could probably just throw a pair of tri bars on and ride them with no changes to my bike, and I'd probably be happy because none of that stuff bothers me. But I know some people it does. That's me. Well, I'm very, it I'm is very you. So finicky you're finicky, with... but you're cheaper than you are finicky. But that's the thing is like I, Anna, Anna's, Anna wants to say he something. He changes things so often that if he got a bike fit, he would leave that and he would find something that he would change. Um, he that's the other thing ride. too. Every ride he changes his handlebars. We, uh, even with his race bike, every single time we go out, he changes something a little bit. We stopped at least three times on our ride so Ryan could adjust minor details. Well, I wouldn't say minor details, but details. Details yeah. of his yeah. fit and position. Yeah, that's kind of my but fear. But he's going to do that. If he does that after a $500 bike fit, why did he just go get a $500? Yeah. You would not be allowed to do that. You that would, would never let yourself do that after a $500 another bike fit because you that's like another thing it's like now i have to feel like if like if there's one little thing that i feel off i'm, uh-huh. I'm going to be like why i pay 500 dollars for something to be off and then i'm going to be like well i'm not moving it you know yeah, I'm, so um, i'm going to be like and that's going to bother me every single time i get on my bike that little thing is going to bother me yeah so um, i would i feel much better to change it as i go than to like pay for a bike. not i'm not a huge fit. fan of the fitting industry so i get that you know I just feel like they're really expensive and I don't know. They're very they're very complicated and technical and I'm not, not so good with numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you got the money and you have zero idea on how to fit yourself. Oh, go for it. You definitely should. I mean, should. honestly, yeah. go for it. But like, that's a good that's a good decision. Or if you have specific um, like injury prevention that you're uh, trying leg to. Leg length discrepancies, yeah. maybe, like stuff like maybe that. Have, like yeah. a lot of older people um, have like issues with knees, hips. For sure. That's probably a, a time to go get a bike fit. If you go there. If you're 25 years old, young, healthy, you, ca- you have an idea yeah. of how, you have YouTube, honestly, I, YouTube young, will teach he- you how to bike fit. Healthy, hot, stallion, you don't need a bike fit. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, you know, that's like, yeah, you, we watch a lot of YouTube. I think we know our stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so but... So half Ironman, uh, oh, I yeah. have some goals. Oh yeah, goal. tell me your. We're big on goals on this channel. We always talk about our goals and like what we're doing. But tell me your goals. So my goals, I wrote these down. Okay. So they're in. Uh, I want to do a thirty-minute swim. Okay. Okay. To a two and a half hour bike. Okay. To a one thirty half marathon. Okay. So that do you would, want my do you want my reaction? No, to your no goals? I'm not done yet. Okay. My so that that would place me in my overall goal, top fifty at 
half Iron Man Madison. Oh man, that's sweet. Overall, overall. Oh, that's sweet, dude. Um, all right, so I'm trying to think right right now. Uh, I don't know how fast a swim of 30 minutes is, but I know for the Iron Man, if you're at an hour, it's fast. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. 30 minutes is like a very good amateur time. Yeah, so uh, that's you kind of look say, like a swimmer too. I would say, um, as far as like people competing, that's neither fast nor it's not, it's neither slow. Like that's okay. average, like fast person. Okay, all right. So that's that's probably I good did, then. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I did an 818. So this is like first second time in the pool uh, since I've started okay. now. Uh, I did eighteen hundred yards, and I did so with breaks. I did it in forty five minutes. Okay. So okay, you take out the like all the breaks, and it's right around thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah. That's with that's like second time in the pool since starting. Yeah, for I, sure. No current, no waves, no. Yeah, wind, no it, it's in a pool, um, but I mean, mm-hmm. as a starting point, I feel like that's pretty decent. Yeah. You know, I think that's. Good. I feel like I have. There's a lot of things I can work on, especially like. I mean, just in endurance in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that was definitely hurting. Was uh, my arms were getting pretty sore. Oh, really? So I feel like as I developed that, um, I feel like my technique's pretty decent. Yeah. So I think it's. I mean, these goals are a long shot, but I think goals are meant to uh, make you nervous, well, but also make you feel like it's something that you could work towards accomplishing. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, no, I agree with that. And then, yeah, so for the swim, that makes sense. Um, and then for a bike, so two hours and 30 minutes for 52 miles. That's oh, what's roughly. That, what's the average speed on that? Then? It's like 22 and a half, 23. Hmm, I think that's, 22 is probably doable. Yeah. Because, I mean, we were like, so just when we were riding, we would just be like clipping along like pretty good. And then you just like get into the aero position and dude, that makes like a crazy difference. I had no idea how much of a difference an arrow position actually made, just like sitting in mm-hmm. it. Um, so once you're in your skin suit, once you've got the race wheels on there, once you uh, you know you're kind of like dialed in for the day, I think two two thirty is probably doable for you on the bike. Like I don't think that's out of the question. Mm-hmm. And then an hour and thirty for run. Uh, it's what, roughly what is like, that for miles. It's like seven seven it's, minute it's miles around seven minute miles. Hmm, okay. Yeah. And again. Uh, I don't know how good of a runner you are. Well, we've run together. Like I, I kind of do, but like I've never seen you like try to run really fast. I, I could do, I could do a five k. So like, um, I should say when back in November when yeah. I was running quite a bit, I could do a five k at like a six fifteen six twenty pace. Okay, I feel like okay. So here's here's my general thoughts on this. You're doing two Ironman next year. Ironman half two half. halves, right? Two half Ironman next year. I think. You're going to your first one. It's my general thoughts. You're going to do the swim in like 30 to 32 minutes. You're going to do the bike in 230 to 240. But I think your your run on the first one is going to mm-hmm. be long. And I, I think, think your run is going to be like 150. But I think you can hit the. I bet mm-hmm. this is my like my my guess based on where you are is that you could probably hit those goals on your second one on your second half i bet yeah you would, i bet you would you would hit those goals because that's like a you know that's like a so you're essentially that's like a four and a half hour mm-hmm. half iron man right so that's like really fast yeah but i think like you know you're obviously like you're coming from like a position of fitness so i feel like the swim is something that you can do a lot of without overdoing it mm-hmm. and i think it's just like 
your biggest obstacle is going to be working up the run volume without getting injured. Yeah. But if you can do that and not get injured, I bet you could probably do that next year. Yeah. So yeah. that's my plan. Cool. Nice. Uh, those are anyone, good goals. Those are anyone, like those like that's the definition of a good goal because it's a stretch, but it's not like out of the question. Mm-hmm. You know, on a good day you can do that for sure. Yeah, I feel like people that have done them right now might be like screaming into their what, yeah. podcast devices, yeah, just I, going, yeah. "What are you talking I'm, about?" I'm literally giving an analysis that like I have zero experience. I will say the one thing I will say is, uh, so I did quite a bit of stalking. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, so you know your the guy, yeah, the, So the guy who um, took first place in the 25 to 29 category, he also okay. took fifth place overall. Dang, okay. Uh, his average workout weeks are like 10 to 13 hours. Really? That's it. Well, I would have thought it was more, actually. I would have, yeah, taking fifth place, yeah. he does a roughly like 10 to 13 hours. But it's a half. I mean, that's I, I have heard that it is a crazy difference from a half to a full. So I like, believe it. Oh yeah. In terms of like, it. I mean, probably every aspect, right? Training volume, uh, the amount of the, like intensity that you do, the like half, everything. Yeah, the half is definitely like an 800 meter in track compared to like the two mile. Yeah. You right. know, like you can almost you can do an 800 pretty fast, you know. Yeah. But uh, like the two mile, you actually have to pace. Right. So that's where I'm coming and, from. And they seem like they're about the same distance, like. If you t- like, if you were to tell the average person, "Oh, this is gonna take me five hours," versus "Oh, this is gonna take me uh, eight hours," that sounds like the exact same amount of time. Yeah. But in reality, it's like a very different. Yeah. You know, it, like they're just they're both long, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting year for you. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you'll have fun. Have fun uh, doing some triathlon that's, stuff. That's actually kind of the thing that I'm really excited for. Something is... new, right? We're all about doing new stuff on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh... One of the great things is that me and Anna can do it together. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I've heard triathlon training in general is like really social. Like there's a lot of groups. Yeah. They do like, there's like group runs, there's group, like tri groups where they do like group workouts, bricks and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a good, it's a good sport, especially if you want to be like social with it. I think they do open like water, like swims at Lake Mendota on like Saturday mornings or something. I've seen people there Saturday mornings, like doing the swims with like couple other people yeah Yeah. and also too um it's actually pretty coincidental my parents new house is like a few blocks away from where they actually do a a, a sprint and olympic triathlon perfect at a beach so we can like when we go visit them we can get some open water swimming in yeah a lot of races you can you can do as well i know like if you want it is like just just like hop in a race there's a lot more triathlons and there are cycling races which mm-hmm. is interesting there's phenomenon. a lot of triathlons yeah a lot a of lot. triathlons yeah yeah i you know what would be kind of a fun i had this idea this is like this would remind me of like a clickbaity youtube video challenge video that like somebody would do just for the views but actually it'd be kind of a funny video to do is if you take a week and from monday to sunday you have to do a race every single day like you've got to find a race every single day. Oh, I see what you do. So like, Does it have to be in like a triathlon race or just any, any kind of race, race? Any race. That'd so be like, tough. Like, well, so here's what I was thinking. So you, like, you take it during. Maybe you do it during toad or something like that. Which That's is dumb. Not then. To, That's that, dumb. Well, okay. Let's say intelligentsia. If you don't care as much about it. So well, like, you can't do it. Then you can't do the same thing. You, it's like triathlon or like mountain bike race Sunday. Some like so like if you work backwards, track, right? Mon- if, Monday, BMX Tuesday and Thursday, 
I don't know, some yeah. kind of practice crit Wednesday. Wednesday. What, practice crit, it's just Monday. You'd have to figure out a race yeah. on Monday to do. Yeah. But it'd be, that's like a, that's just like popped into my head. I'm like, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that somebody hasn't, maybe somebody has tried to do that challenge, that video. I mean, a guy did 50 Ironman in 50 states in 50 days. So. Yeah, but he did the distance in 50. So like he didn't like sign up for an Ironman every single day. He just did the just Ironman did it, distance. But. I watched that documentary wasn't a fan was it a was a weird depressing it's depressing. very depressing yeah it's like i thought that was gonna be like a super uplifting like make you really motivated it was super depressing the ratio of uplifting to depressing was very yeah. bad it was like it was like three-fourths of the movie were pretty sad yeah and then like one-fourth was like mm-hmm. kind of positive he was like, trying to like raise like it was either a hundred thousand dollars or like a million dollars i think raised, it was only like a hundred thousand dollars he only raised which, ten thousand which the whole thing didn't the whole thing in and of itself to do had it cost like probably a cost a lot more than ten thousand he had like an rv and crew following around with mm-hmm. like just the documentary going, definitely cost just, more than what oh, they made yeah a hundred percent but i don't know it's kind of interesting he also got a ton of heat because yeah he felt so like this is obviously like the most insane endurance thing i've ever heard of <laughs> But like one day he fell asleep on his bike and like crashed in a ditch. So the next day he couldn't run. So he did a, a marathon on an elliptical. elliptical. I think he and did that like twice because another one it was like a hurricane. Yeah. And so he did it yeah. on like an elliptical and people and were then, like, this is over. Yeah, a big dude, a, like nothing. I hate nothing more in life than boomer Facebook comments. <laughs> and like a, a good like quarter of the documentary was just like, him reacting to these like dumb like first of all i don't even care that much like who cares if he did two days on the elliptical like i i, I just don't care yeah like, who like, truly cares who truly cares but like the, obviously on facebook there's a g- large group of people that cares very much so um so the fact that like that was like in- included in the documentary it was just like okay i'm, I'm not yeah. watching this this is lame all right well, we've gone uh, quite a bit over time. All right. Well, we'll so that's a good time to wrap it up. We'll wrap it up then. Um, yeah, we're back at it. We're going to be doing bike stuff. We'll probably come out with some more videos now that we're doing cool stuff on BMX bikes and then maybe some training videos too. Uh, you know, some video analysis of Ryan's tri position. So keep up to date on our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Facebook for our most recent updates, Instagram, Twitter at bike race weekly on all of your favorite social media channels ryan do you have anything else no um i spaced out there that's okay because uh, thanks for listening everyone um we hope that you're finding something to do during all this uh yeah. it's a huge bummer that everything's been getting canceled um we actually didn't check wars was supposed to put out a statement tonight yeah if they were going to have it or not uh, as of four, the last time I checked was at four o'clock, and I guess I can check quick here right now. Yeah. Anna, are you checking? But uh, all right, Anna's checking. My my I, recommendation. Is, oh. Yeah, if well, you look, they had it like posted right at the right when you yeah. got into the website. But while while you guys are checking that out, I highly recommend everybody. Oh, missed wars. Yep, they didn't post anything about again. They they are late again. Crazy. So. I, I Crazy. Mean, uh, my I'll I'll end it with this like. I highly recommend anybody while there's still nothing going on in terms of bike racing, uh, do try something new, buy a BMX bike, buy some aero bars and put them on your road bike. I don't know, get a gravel bike, do some mountain biking. If you're into one thing, try something else, try something new. Uh, it's a good time to just like 
you know, enjoy the weather and learn some new kind of bike. So that's my big uh, takeaway from this episode. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see you later, right? Yeah, definitely time to find something new. That, yep. All right. All right. With that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you next week.